Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, on a week that Derry City went six points clear. And we've got Nathan Doyle, as always, from the bigkickoff.com. Nathan, it's a little bit of money helps out with the start of a league campaign for Derry. It does, mate. Spot on. No introductions. Just we go straight in. No kissing. <laughs> uh, it does. Now, I think it's safe to say now there was... I don't concern it's the right word, but when all this influx of money came in and the influx of players, we were thinking, God, will it take a while for everybody to settle in and, and get involved into their roles? But now it looks like Derry City are, are, are here for a league title chase, doesn't it, mate? And uh, hmm. yeah, yeah, the difference it makes. We were only talking off here there a couple of minutes ago about, uh, about actually the, the Derry City and Bowes game. And while, you know, I think. Bowles are probably the better side. One day the first half an hour or so from what I've seen and what I've read of the game. Can't say I watched it live. An unbelievable goal, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely cracking goal. Uh, and in fairness, if it wasn't for Brian Maher uh, between the sticks for Derry City, geez, it could, could have been 2-3-0 with, yeah. with Bohemians, couldn't it? Because yeah. uh, they, they really did get off to a flying start. Um, and then, obviously, I think it was last night, didn't it? They, they, they followed up with a... It's still in the win of a UCD, which now he's disrespect to UCD. It's a game that they should be winning, and and, and they won it uh, seemingly comfortable enough. But going back to the, to the game in Daily Mount, Ronan Boyce uh, getting a leveler, and then James Akatunde, the man of the moment, popping up with it with a 93rd minute goal, virtually the last kick of the game. They brought the ball back to to the halfway line, and and, and that was it, done and dusted. So yeah, massive result for Derry and City. And it all came from that, that winner all came from a stupid free kick being given yep. away in the corner flag when he'd nowhere to go I, I don't know who it was you might be able to tell me Nathan was it, who, who... Was, was it Feely well, I don't, if it wasn't Feely I apologise I don't want to kick <laughs> on the guy but I, I, that's why I don't want to throw out a name there but I'm, I'm not totally sure but it was a stupid tackle to, yeah. be, to be doing in, in that area of the pitch so late on all you do keep him in the corner make him go backwards and, and, and happy days but uh, yeah they really lost out it was a big big mistake and not, um, e- not even the free kick mate was the, uh, like the challenge the free itself uh, two men like just Akatunde had plenty of space at the back post and the door members of the game you know like Keatlon but I'm sure himself and Trevor Crowley would absolutely good with the last minute goal as it is don't get me wrong but like I said the manner and the laziness and the sloppiness of the goal in terms of the challenge and the free kick itself yeah I'd, I'd say they were absolutely fuming after that one yeah and when you look at Bowes they just seem to have this nervousness about them. If they go ahead, they seem to go into their shell and drop back. If they go behind, they'll come out of their shell. Uh, but then as soon as they go ahead, they'll drop back into their shell again. It's, it's They're kind of sitting back. And you didn't see that with Bowes last year, Nathan. They were full on. They were free-flowing yeah. football. Yeah, very adventurous, uh, adventurous last year. Sorry. And everyone's, you know, you mentioned the George Kelly's for the goals. But for me, you know, it's there's such a defensive naivety there at the, at the moment this season for Bowles. And even as a whole of midfielder position, you know, Keith Buckley, I think, is probably the biggest loss uh, from last season, bar, bar none. So we have um, Ali Cute in the middle. I think he's a little bit isolated and lost on his own. Connor Levinson started against Derry City. I actually thought Levinson would have started. Most games now, I thought it would have been the, the, the seamless replacement for Buckley, but he's sort of been in now the team. I think there's a partnership for me there waiting to happen in terms of Leveson being able to sit that little bit deeper and gives Ali Q a little bit more freedom in front of him. But um, yeah, yeah, but people are talking about the lack of goals uh, and, and thing, creativity and things like that, like you mentioned. But for me, it, it, it's the defence that's been 
absolutely shocking to see this season uh, from a side. I know we're always going to mention that, and be like, you no, know, the players coming and going, and that that seems to be a team for Bowes and for for Keatlon at the moment. I think for me, that's the one reason that I think it's ridiculous that people are calling for Keatlon's job is just because it's that's the way things are at Bohemians. I personally think that the job that him and Trevor Crowley have done at Bowes, nobody could do uh, with the situation, with the ongoing situation there. I know they've been handing out a couple of long-term contracts like a lot of other clubs around the league, so long-term, you'd be looking that they can hopefully keep a hold of their best players. But yeah, it's been some disappointing performances this season overall. Um, I think another guy I hyped up coming into the season, massive fan of Chris Twardek, uh, coming back to the club. He's been very quiet for me. Even looking at him uh, in the Derry City game, I thought he was really poor in the night. Uh, in terms of going forward, but also tracking back, there was plenty of times that he, that he left his man uh, the, the rifle behind him, uh, completely isolated in 1v1 situations. So, yeah, up, up and down the pitch, there is problems there. And actually, for people listening in, they're playing and currently beating Sligo Rovers um, as we're recording. So, uh, and I, I watched the first half, Nathan, and, and exactly what you're talking about, Twardick, there is the exact same. It, it doesn't yeah. seem to have that energy and flow that he had uh, in his previous stint before he went away to Poland. So, it, he has to catch up and get himself back into and it does he's an experienced player so the younger players are looking to, to, to him to sort of spur them on and, and show show them the way uh, the, so far the only well I was going to say this is it's kind of like a pun I suppose but the only promise is coming from promise uh, up front he's been a handful I think in the past couple of weeks as well you could throw Liam Borton into that conversation since he's come back from injury but yeah yeah, pr- uh, promise he is he, it's a handful of award isn't it Nielsen's is, is another one um, just the pace that he delivers and the constant pressure and you know, he can always talk about his physical size as well I think that was um, a lot of pressure on him and Stephen Mallon as well Roy, which we talked about over the past couple of weeks him coming back from such a disastrous season last year in terms of injuries you know be important for him to 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 get into the team and start scoring goals but it's going to be difficult to get ahead of promise on Mashiri because even last year when, when you seen him when you had a feeling George Kelly had one foot out the door and he was getting that move to England and look you can't begrudge him uh, you couldn't begrudge anybody getting a move away but um, yeah yeah, for me the promise uh, he's the one that looks like he's going to do something long something now with, with Liam Bort as well as we said uh, coming into the team he scored against um, scored a cracking goal against Derry City didn't he uh, as we mentioned uh, scored this evening as well against Sligo Rovers I believe he was the man that got the goal uh, in the first half so there is some put, uh, shining lights there with them too and Malin coming in Ryan Cassidy when he, when he when he's uh, fit as well as a talented player on loan from Watford that's that's the issue with Bowes isn't it you know that there was, there was a decent squad there but so far I remember though Nathan just... at the start of last year though they were, they were hit and miss at the start of last yeah. year and then all of a sudden they, they hit a, a, a purple patch where they just kept winning and got themselves back into it again but obviously that's not good enough to go and win titles or challenge for titles. But with the team changing so much, it takes time to sort of get everyone working on the same wavelength. And this is very much probably what's going to happen here because Keith Long is a good organiser. He is a good manager. It was the first time though, Nathan, that I've kind of heard him sound a little bit, not down, but he took all the, the what was the criticism saying, yeah, listen, it was my fault, you know, this, that and the other. We haven't heard that and like that from him before. It was always just get on to the next game and go. So do you think that maybe he feels that his team is feeling a little pressure and he's trying to take it off them? 
and it's actually funny you say that. It's not only Keith Lawn. It's been a very loud week uh, from the Bohemians camp, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. You've heard, like I said, Keith Lawn, like Week Wilson had to come out as well uh, in an interview and and sort of g up the team and give a little rah rah speech. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Is is that something that's going on uh, behind the scenes? Because it's it's not something you often see, especially not not this early on in the season. But we're coming to the end of the first round, where not only did the league start to take shape, but teams themselves and squads, and we're starting to see, um, you know, who fits in in where. Because I think we're looking at the league table, Roy. It's it, it's that's not it was going to be predictable to see, but you know, Derry City, Shamrock Rovers. David the, the main challenger for for the league title. We're looking at probably UCD Finn Harps in terms of relegation, but then the rest, you know, and Bowes included, a uh, large majority of the rest will be pushing for European football. So, yeah, absolutely massive couple of weeks ahead for Fed for Bowes and for Keith Lawn to turn that ship around. And look, could you get a win this evening to get against Sligo Rovers? That would be a big win. Sligo got off to such a good start to the season, coming off the, uh, themselves after to um bad defeat at home to Shelbourne, but. Going back to Bowes, you know, um, some big games coming up the next couple of weeks where you draw the Finn Harf, Shelbourne. You know, th- these are games that they'd be looking to win and they'd be very yeah. eager to win if they'd push on into these European places. Absolutely. When you look at Dundalk, the beat UCD, obviously, uh, the other night on Friday night, you look at Dundalk, they're quietly going about their business. They're not setting the, the world alight or anything like that, but they're quietly going about their business. No one has really taken any notice of them. Is that a good thing for Dundalk, Nathan? I think it will be a good thing for Stephen O'Donnell, yeah, and Dundalk, uh, another side that had a lot of uh, moving and, and shaking in the off-season. I think the, the first time they really caught the headlines was actually in the defeat to, to drop the United in the Loud Derby and just how poorly they play it. Um, probably, the, now again, now this is fair to UCD, it seems like the UCD bullying hour at the moment, but it's probably the ideal game to bounce back to, isn't it? Coming fresh off the international break. Um, a couple of I think was, actually both sides had, had a two week uh, rest period so and you could see that with Dundalk uh, like I said won the game 2-0 somewhat comfortably enough but again by looking at the highlights and reading into the game they, they could have been coast and clear at half time as well um, I know we mentioned him a few times Roy but Stephen Bradley always, already seems to be signing up the season doesn't he coming in from mm-hmm. Hibernian he, he's been absolutely excellent but not only that uh, another one that's gone under the radar actually a former UCD man now playing for Dundalk Paul Doyle in the middle of the park, he, he's been excellent front and dock this season. And as you said, quietly going about their business, they find is themselves it, is it that thing, little European yeah, is it group thing, again. Nathan, that it, it's a bit like the Bowes thing where the new manager, new players, and it's just about getting them to jail. I think so, and I think it was always going to happen this season at Dundalk, wasn't it? After the disastrous year last year, and even in terms of personnel and recruitment, it just didn't work out simply last year. Too many flops, too many guys coming in and on big contracts coming in from other leagues, and it just, just found it extremely difficult to, to, to settle down. And Yeah, I, I think you could see that with Dundalk this season. Again, even coming into the year, a lot of people had them tipped to be successful in terms of joining that group of the, the Bohemians, the Sligos, maybe even the Patses, uh the Patses, that's not even a word coming from a Pats man. <laughs> uh, as you know, that that little collective group pushing for Europe and like you said, mate, they're quietly going about it. Um big game of Friday, massive game uh, in Richmond Park for uh, Stephen O'Donnell's homecoming. That'll be um a frosty reception. I I I'd imagine I think that that's uh, understating it a little bit. So yeah, a couple of big games coming up for them. I think they have Sligo, Shamrock Rovers in, in the coming weeks as well. So yeah, so some big games ahead for Stephen O'Donnell, which would uh, put and to get a couple of points, three points in those games, it could really set the course for uh, an improved run in terms of Europe. Or 
not even a league challenge, but you know, beating Shamrock Rovers, things like that, that could be massive for them in the coming weeks. Absolutely. A bit of Finn Harps against Shamrock Rovers at the weekend. The dogs have to make an appearance, so. Yeah, jumping the dog there. <laughs> uh, but Finn Harps. They look like they're going to they're going to be in a, a similar fight than that they always are in. Last year, as we said, yeah. they kind of look like they, they might progress that little bit more, but uh, they are in a position now where they're hard to beat. There's no doubt that they're hard to beat, but uh, Shamrock Rovers made them look, uh, I suppose, a bottom two team. Shamrock Rovers thought were very good against them. Yeah. Uh, when you look at UCD and you look at Finn Harps, Drogheda on eight points. Are they the ones like Shelbourne? Shelbourne are actually doing okay with it. I know they're on nine points, but they do have a Watch them a couple of times. They do look solid enough. And uh, I suppose it's about longevity and that's what the league is about. And, and can can they take the, the bad hits and, and not let it affect them? And, that, and maybe that's what Finn Harps are. Finn Harps are, are uh, battle-hardened that they... They know that it's all the way till the end of the season and they're going to take the knocks and they're going to be beaten in certain games, but every game they go out in the battle. It's whether the likes of, well, UCD are going to struggle, but it's the likes of Drogheda and Shells this year. Will they have that sort of battle in them? I think so. I really do think they're shaping up just for uh, UCD Finn Harps in terms of that automatic relegation spot. I think both Shelburne and Drogheda have more than enough uh, Draw to getting a, a two-wall draw actually yeah, last night in the midweek game up in Ballyfay, which is just a big result for them. Uh, a late goal by Ryan Brennan, who's coming back from an, uh, an injury. So even that, even Ryan Brennan coming in for them after a huge season uh, with Shelbourne last year, he was excellent for Shells last season and integral to their promotion push uh, last year. So to him to come in and be excellent for them. Dale Rooney, another player that came in from um, from Shelbourne with limited chances last year. He's been brilliant for them this season. Chris Lyons there, we know what he can do, Roy. Uh, there's, there's, there's a good bit of quality in that uh, Drotter side in particular. Uh, I, I, so I do. I think it, it could be um, a straight two sh- team shootout uh, for the automatic uh, relegation place. And at the moment, it's it, it is looking like UCD, isn't it? Where uh, I was starting to wrap up to that uh, that final uh, final game in the first round of fixtures. And I actually thought it, at the start of the season predicted that be Finn Harps down that that be automatically uh, relegated just with the sheer amount of quality that he lost. Um, Last year, like, like a lot of the key players went, like to Carl Sullivan, Adam uh, Foley, Mark Coyle. These are, these are big players for Finn Harps and Telios. Damn, and these are just people at the top of my head. They lost plenty more as well. So, yeah, for me, if I was predicting something at the moment, after coming towards the, the final round of fixtures, I, I do think it'd be them two just a straight shoot out for the relegation position. Yeah, when we look at the first division, Nathan, um, I've predicted that in the Premier Division that Derry City will win the league. I predicted UCD will go down, Finn Harps will be in the playoffs, and and that's all great. I uh, also predicted Bray would be challenging for the title, and we're miles off that with them. The only team to drop points to Athlone Town in the league this year, and when you look at the top of the table. Cork City who are on 19 points and Galway who are on 16 points when I look at Galway and any time I've looked at their games and again I'm only seeing bits and pieces so it's it's not a, it's not 100% on them but I just don't feel I feel like they're they're, they're they're trying to get themselves these wins they're battling to get themselves these wins it's never really comfortable for them um, and again with Cove the other night it just seemed yeah. that way as well I think it was a was a last minute winner or it was late winner or something like that anyhow with this when you look at Derry City Nathan and then you look at Galway 
um, will the injection of money change things drastically for for Galway? Whether it's this season, I know they're talking about half a million being put into the into the to the club, but uh, if not this season, uh, definitely next season. Yeah, like I said, it's a uh, uh, five hundred thousand been, has been committed for twenty twenty two was a short term injection for the uh, the Karma Brothers. Um, I think it has to. I I, I think it does. Because uh, Galway's one of them sides, isn't it? And we said, I even think I even said it last week that you know the team the size of Galway and such a, a, a big caption area um, in the county of Galway as a whole. It's just it's, it's a, a one county team, but for the past. Just seems like a ten, fifteen plus years. They seem to be just in a constant state of of struggling to, to survive, barely surviving, mm. or just plodding along. You know, in the fourth division from relegation, things like that. I think the last time they won a piece of silver, where was it was in ninety one when they won the FEI yeah. Cup. Like, um, so from a from a, a, a club like Galway United, you're hoping this can't be the, the catalyst for them because there's a cracking club in the making there and a really successful club in the making. And yeah, I I, I think so. I, 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 when I look, even looking at the state and coming into this season in terms of the the squad depth as a whole, it was absolutely massive. I think Bray Wanderers are probably, if you're looking at, at de- uh, squad depth, Bray were probably the only side in both divisions that had a, a, had a deeper squad. Then Galway, with John Caulfield, we know what he can do. We've seen the success he had with Cork City. Um, if there's someone that can get them promotion, it, it can be John. So that's the one thing that you felt I'm missing over the years was a steady uh, financial injection and you're hoping that you can get it now because all credit to the, to the Galway United members they, they saved the club from extin- extinction as did Coma Group with these six figure uh, investments over the past eight years he kept the, the doors open at uh, Eamon DC Park so I think it's um, I know we, 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 you know, you're coming off as um, trying to not dance around the story but coming off the story uh, that that's coming out about the coma group uh, the, the motion being well, well just the motion going in favour I suppose yeah. uh, from the Galway members uh, voted in favour for the coma brothers to uh, take over 85% uh, majority stakeholder at the club so yeah great news coming out for, for Galway United fans I'm sure because like we said it uh, both Brian and Luke they're the, the Galway families, their Galway United fans, they, they've, they've shown that they put that money where their mouth is over the past decade or so. So, if they have an interest of becoming majority stakeholders, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take them up on the offer and, you know, to get you back in the Premier Division and to, to invest money into into the roadmap of uh, like academy facilities and academy football at Galway United? So, yeah, brilliant news for them uh, coming out. And I think it was a majority vote as well, Roy. I think it was something well, like was majority, eight, yeah. 82.6%. Like, so, yeah. so, so a major majority So, do vote. we expect and do... Uh, I know that the owners nearly said that they expect... Uh, that to push on and get up this year on the first year uh, do we expect them now to push on with, with that kind of financial backing with a transfer window that will come up and you know there's always disgruntled players even around the, the, the Premier Division teams you're, you're going to with that money you're going to get quality players aren't you? Oh yeah definitely yeah they'll, they'll definitely go into the market uh, throughout the summer it's funny I actually thought uh, and even by the first couple of weeks that Waterford got off to such a great start they thought they were the team to catch but it's looking like Cork City now isn't it Cork have been excellent over the past couple of weeks and, and Waterford dropping points you know getting beaten by Cork and then somewhat surprisingly getting beaten away to where uh, Treaty United even over the weekend they were 1-0 down to Longford and, uh, 1-0 down to Longford and they uh, relied on a, a last minute goal again to, to get a draw and that seemed like, like it was such a 
such an important win for them because again by looking at the game they, they really could have been done and dusted like it was all Longford in, in that game so yeah it's going to be important because again Cork City like it's got 19 goals but most importantly they're not conceding Cork have only conceded two goals all season which has been brilliant so yeah I think they're going to have to look at Galway to go in, in, into, the, into the market well it's again it, it is a talented squad there it's you have three full teams, uh, full time teams in the fourth division. It was always going to be difficult, wasn't it? It really, really was with Cork, Galway, and, and Waterford there. Uh, that's even without talking about Longford Town, who have yeah. it was a three game in hand so over a lot of people. They're going to be pushing treat United again. They're not going to go away anywhere. Even Bray, Bray, Bray it, it, they're, they're a tough side to really pin down, aren't they? Bray, they always seem to to make a last guy push. Like we had, this, we had this exact same conversation last season with Bray Wanderers, didn't we? In yeah. terms of drawing some of the and that's games, the beauty of the playoffs, is, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That really is. It's uh, it normally favours the, the sort of teams that make late pushes, isn't it? That that gathered that little bit of momentum through the back end of the season so yeah it's shaping up nicely and Galway United will definitely be in the mix uh, come the end of the season so I would still be willing to put my hat on to say that they'll, they'll get it via the playoffs that they're going to get it I still can't see them win the league I think Cork City look very strong I even think Waterford while they're having a bit of a, a sticky patch at the moment they have enough quality to, to really um, to be up there with Cork City for the for the title yeah, so Nathan, uh, Sligo Rovers this week announced a partnership with Westport United. So how does this benefit both of the clubs? Yeah, funny enough, actually, right, these, these are two sides that have, have been affiliated for years um, in terms of Westport talent. Not only Westport United talent, but just Westport natives coming into the Sligo Rovers Academy. Um, I think we're honest, there's one lad in the, the Sligo Rovers squad at the moment, Connor Walsh. Now, he's from Westport. There could be one or two more, but he'd be the most uh, prominent. You see him a lot on the bench this season. I think from reading into it and from these uh, statements that I've seen get released, player development it, it seems to be the, the key objective uh, with this one. So if you're looking at workshops between uh, Sligo Rovers Academy staff and uh, Westport United personnel, you could be looking at possible coaching camps being put on by Sligo Rovers staff and, of course, pre-season friendlies, which, again, this is pre-season friendlies are something that the two sides have been involved in over the past couple of years. So, seemingly from a Sligo Rovers point of view, uh, you're going to be getting the, the, the cherry pick and the, the, the option of the best uh, talent that Westport United have to offer. You're potentially looking at a growth of uh, of Westport uh, fan base. You know, if you have Westport natives playing for your side, they're going to have a more likely chance of coming down. In fairness, Sligo Rovers, they do, because there is no uh, League of Ireland sides in Mayo, something we've talked about uh, plenty of times, mm. it's... Um, it's somewhat of a catchment area that he have been walking into and even if you go to Westport or go to Mayo as a whole they'd be sort of split between Garvey and Knight but a lot of them would tend to keep the Ryan Slugger Rovers than anything else and then from a Westport point of view you're just getting hands-on assistance and hands-on help from from League of Ireland's quality coaching staff and you know in terms of coaching and player developments and as well, uh, with Wexford, uh, with Wexford, with Westport, um, we go, you go down there, the facility itself is absolutely cracking. It really, really is. Um, so the work they're doing down there is brilliant. Um, and as well, it, it, the top side in the Mayo League. So not only is it it's going to benefit the two of them, it really is. Um, and as well, this isn't the first uh, strategic partnership we've seen from Sligo in the past while. I already mentioned uh, the, the partnership last year with Everton. I know it's been a bit quiet on that front. Yeah. There's, been a, there's been a few trips back and forward some Sligo personnel making trips to Goodison Park but yeah I think uh, this, this partnership be a little bit more homegrown and we, we, we'll see um, lads coming to and from more so Westport into Sligo so yeah brilliant 
great to see. We always go on about the community aspect of the league, don't we? So news like this is always welcomed. Do you think that you would think that you would want um, a third tier of League of Ireland uh, on the way that clubs from the likes of Mayo, uh, the likes of Westport and, and around the country would be looking and eyeing up a, a position in that league. So this kind of rules them out, does it? Do you think so? I think it rule them out. Um, I wouldn't say Sligo would want to ever come up against them. There is a partnership there, but no, I wouldn't yeah. say completely would. Yeah, I guess I've been down to to the site itself and the facilities down there, obviously with a bit of investment and um, a longevity uh, that, that goes into it. There definitely is an opportunity for Westport to go in uh, it, this third division if that was ever to come up. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see yeah. any sort of Mayo side go in. It's, it's something that we've been crying out for for a long time. And while I can't say to know the ins and outs of every Mayo League side going, but looking just for, from first hand experience, there seems to be um, good quality uh, in Westport United. And do you think there's to be a financial aspect to this, Nathan? I haven't seen it mentioned. A lot of it, just the emphasis seems to be on the player development side of things. So. While it'd be nice to see, I, I, it just seems to be, that's all they seem to be talking about, is more of a conveyor belt of, of Westport talent coming into the Sligo Rovers Academy. Yeah, okay. That seems like there's only one winner there, and that seems like it's Sligo Rovers, really, to tell you the truth. But let's hope the Westport have a look yeah. at this third tier and, and, and push themselves onto that. Now, Nathan, there was the FAI Cup preliminary round was, was made. Uh, what did we make of it? Yeah, the draw took place today, it's, uh, the 5th of April, for anybody listening in, in Abbottstown. So, uh, first of all, we got some boys to talk about, boys are into the next round. With, are you going to get on to that? <laughs> uh, so, the boys, so the, so the lucky teams are uh, uh, Bangor, uh, Bonaghy United, uh, Cockhill United, Oliver Bond Celtic, Minute University Town. Best of luck to uh, Shane Hart, actually, we had Shane on the show last year, didn't we, Roy? Really? Yeah. Had a good chat, chat with Shane, so, uh, you never know could get them on if they get an interesting draw uh, Malahide United and of course you can tell by the Cheshire Green expression on Roy Shanahan's face come on the Lucan Lucan United and got a boy into the next round there what we have we told you about these brown envelopes mate what have we told you about, about the them? well we have to have some weight you know in, in the league at this stage you think <laughs> Maybe not, maybe not. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, we've got the boy, so uh, happy enough with that. And then yeah. we'll see. But what about the ones that didn't? So the ones that didn't, um, first of all, we've got a massive toy here uh, with Bluebell United and, and Rockmount. That's a big toy, isn't it? That, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a big one. Uh, then we have an all Dublin affair with Usher Celtic versus St. Francis. Then we have uh, Villa FC of Waterford. They're welcoming a local club to myself in Chicago yeah, Athletic. In Chicago, yeah. Then we have a, a, an all Munster clash with uh, Limerick's Pike Rovers uh, going off against Everton. There's a joke to be made there, isn't there, about Frank Lampard being desperate to win any sort of game? <laughs> but we, we won't. That's that's low hanging fruit that we just won't, we just won't grab it. Uh, yeah, we have Calesta Donna Kearney, they'll be playing uh, Carrick Lion United from Cork. And then finally, we have uh, Liffey Wanderers versus Salt Hill Devon. Them games will be played on the week ending on the, eight, the 24th of April. So, yeah, best of all involved in about two weeks or so. You don't have to worry about that, right? You up no, we we'll actually, funny enough, Lugan. we're actually away, myself and the first team manager are away. We're over in England to the Liverpool Academy with the under 14 from Lucan. So, uh, they wouldn't be playing anyhow. 
<laughs> I know they would have been, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, now uh, they've got that boy, so that's good. So we're we're definitely winning the cup this year. The way the way that league is this year, the League of Ireland. They're all, there for, final. They're, they're all there for the taking. <laughs> that could be a live stream waiting to happen, actually. We, yeah. we, that's something we said we'd never do uh, live streams oh, geez, of games. That'd be great but now, I it? tell you what, that's actually that's something we can put on there, Roy, and that's something we'd be confident in saying. Okay, if, Pats, so if, and, if Pats and Luke can get to the FAI Cup final, which, you know, it's a good chance of happening. I'll tell you what, Nate, not even if they get to the FAI Cup final, if we get each other in the draw. Yeah. There we yeah. go. And, there we uh, go. That's that's probably a bit of a more realistic uh, it prospect. Probably, it probably is because Pat's up like rubbish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not even Luke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the nightmare draw, wouldn't it? Jeez. That's it. That's it. Okay, Fair listen, on. Nathan, we're gonna leave it there. Um, a lot of games on again this weekend. I've just switched my game games off there, Nathan. Any, anyone that sort of. Uh, Stands out to you, of course. St. Pat's are playing Dundalk, so that's a, as you mentioned already. That's going to be very interesting with the banter that goes on there. But what about the rest of the games? I think it's uh, always interesting with derbies, aren't we? And Finn Harps and Derry City. That that that's always a good game to watch. Uh, we also have uh, Drotted and Bohemians, um, two sides. Well, I'm going to say two sides that be looking for a win, but but still, at the moment of recording, both are beating Sligo over, so. They've just made the whole Bowes conversation null and void. Yeah. Thanks, lads. Appreciate that. Um, we have our 45,000 Dublin derby of the season, a Shelbourne host, um, Shamrock Rovers. And then to round off on the Saturday, Sligo Rovers host UCD, with Sligo now coming off two defeats. Again, I'm going to get me toward UCD job in. It's probably a favourable game to be playing at home to the showgrounds when you're looking for a win. But, um, yeah, who knows? It could be... Uh, could be the start of another sticky patch for Liam Buckley's men. We seen that last season, didn't we? During the summer last year as well, they they couldn't get a win for love nor money, and they'd be hoping to rectify that. Absolutely, and that Bowes game finished one nil, so they've they've got the points on the board. So uh, what the hell do we know? I know. In all fairness, it, it's uh, this is the way the league is now. It's so yeah, tight between 100%. teams. If you have a bad day and someone else has a good day, that's it. You're getting turned over. Uh, what about the first division? We have Galway Wexford. We have Longford at loan. You kind of think that they will go in favour of the home teams there, but nothing's ever um, nothing's ever definite. And then on the... Uh, where's the rest of the games there? Bray and Treaty will be an interesting one as well. And, and there's an extra fixture in that Longford are playing Cove, so Longford have to play catch-up there. They're playing on the Tuesday night. Uh, Anton, catch your eye there, Nathan. Well, for the wrong reasons, the Bray and Treaty United game from last season... Um, that's to give me flashbacks. That was one of the worst games, the worst I, games I, ever. Yeah. I, I, I've yeah, seen yeah. last year. Do you know what? Cove and Waterford could be interesting because because Waterford really really need a win in, in in that game just to get that bit of momentum back. And like you said, Cove uh, went away to Galway over the weekend. Dogs were in them up back there. One of his toys. Really trying me off the focus. <laughs> um, and a fairness, a fairness to to Cove, they, they made it extremely difficult for Galway in in DC Park. So I think that could be an interesting one to keep your eye on. It will be, and they're playing Waterford at home on the Friday, so it's uh, it, it, they need to pick up points anyhow, don't they? Um, yeah. I think, in all fairness, those two teams, Waterford and Longford, would be disappointed if they don't come away with the three points against Long- uh, Cove, so it's up to Cove to prove us all wrong. Okay, Nathan, we're going to leave it there. Thanks very much, as always. Uh, thanks. What's the dog's name? 
Uh, Buster, that's his name. Buster, thanks, thanks Buster. Cameo appearance, Charlie yeah. Army Focus about eight times throughout the show, so appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but but Buster might be back next week. We're not too sure. Uh, I'm getting sucked. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everyone for listening and everyone on YouTube. Thanks very much for watching.